Through the fathomless depths of space swims the star turtle, the great Etuan. And on its back are four nerds trying to figure out just what it is that makes Sir Terry Pratchett's writing both timely and timeless. So open your octavo to page eight, shout a prayer to Anoya, and join us on our journey through the complete discography. Discworld. It's a setting created by Sir Terry Pratchett, which first appears in The Color of Magic, which was published in 1983. It is, broadly speaking, contained within 41 novels, several short stories, a couple of graphic novels, some supplementary kids' books, several video games of varying quality, a multi-user dungeon, and has been adapted to film, radio, and stage. While the books can be read in publication order, and that's what we're doing for the purposes of this podcast, many fans of the Discworld series start at different points and follow different interweaving character arcs. The primary development of the world stopped with the untimely death of Sir Terry, who had given permission to his daughter to continue work on it, but she demurred, saying she'd only be involved in adaptations, spin-offs, and tie-ins. So, what are we doing here? We're reading through the Discworld novels in publication order. Again, we'll go into why that may or may not be the best choice some other time. Who are we? My name's Aaron. I'm a longtime fan of the Discworld novels. Uh, I've read pretty much all of them except for the last one, and I'll explain why that is in, well, some other time. Um, (laughs) Two weeks before this idea came into being, I ordered business cards from Jess. Hi, Jess. That said, I don't have a podcast. Lies. And I thought it would be fun to read through the books with some friends, some of whom had read all or most, and some of whom hadn't even touched one. So why don't you introduce yourselves? All right. Hi, I am Minna. I am somewhere in between on that spectrum of read none and read all. I came into this having read like somewhere between five and seven Discworld books. I started on Monstrous Regiment because a friend gave it to me, and then I was like, I'm really intrigued, and I went back and started reading the Guards books, but starting with the last one? Don't ask me. I think it was due to, like, what was available through the library or something. (laughs) So, yeah, I'd had some irregular jaunts into the Discworld, but this is my first concentrated chronological journey through. I'm Anna. I'm one of the friends... Uh, who has read through all of them. Actually, like Aaron, I haven't read the last book, and for similar reasons. Uh, So we'll get to experience that together uh, 41 books from now, which will be exciting. Uh, I started reading the Discworld books back when I was a teenager, when a librarian handed me I believe it was The Amazing Maurice as an alternative to just working my way through the fantasy and science fiction section in alphabetical order because I was that child. And I really enjoyed the books and kind of picked at them here and there and then have read through the entire thing uh, a few times now. Yes, uh, my name's Justin. I have 
not read a Discworld novel before starting this. And uh, I I have read, however, uh, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's Good Omens. Um, I will go into how I got pulled into this, which is how this all started. Which, when the Good Omens TV series came out, we all started a group chat to yell about Good Omens. As you do. Somehow... Somehow that turned into generic Terry Pratchett screaming. And it was assumed that I had read some, which I, I, I'm i honestly surprised that I hadn't uh, before. It's always been something on my radar. I don't think it's very possible in this day and age to exist in nerddom without some level of Terry Pratchett exposure. But I had just never gotten around to it. So it's a it's a daunting proposition. It is. Uh-huh. A, there there are, there are 20 billion charts that you can find of where do I want to start with Discworld um that all have oh hey here is the series lead in that if you're liking that um but I am very much a completionist. Um and so when I said oh hey I haven't read any before um these three all said oh hey we should do a thing. And then Aaron said, hey, what if we record it? Are we that gif of no? Unless. I think we're just that. Pretty much. So yeah, I I was especially excited to do this with someone who hadn't who who was well versed in sci-fi fantasy stuff, but hadn't actually read directly from the Discworld novels because in, in a way it lets me read them again for the first time through Justin's eyes. And to, to a lesser extent, Minna, you know, having only read uh, a selected uh, portion of them. It's fun seeing. Selected implies that there was a real thinking process behind it. There was not. Spoilers. (laughs) There was not. I mean, sometimes access is all you have. It's not that I didn't have access to them. It's that I... Those were audiobooks that happened to be available. I don't read. I've gone from being a complete... Like, a complete completionist to, like, fuck it! And I blame Star Wars for that. Well, I feel the same as you, Aaron. It's really exciting to me to be sort of starting again at the beginning with a lot of the books that Honestly, I've skipped over in rereads. I usually, on my rereads of the series, have started with guards and sort of ignored everything before guards. And it's, wow. it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to reading a lot of those earlier books again with fresh eyes. Yeah, same here. And I will say, I've been really curious about going back to the origins because I noticed in my weird fucking backwards reading that like there's been a lot of development in the Discworld even between the ones that I'd read and then I'd read a little bit of Colored Magic. I'm like, this is a completely different world. What changed and how? So I'm excited to to watch that unfold because I've been curious about that. Oh, and that actually ties into the question of reading order. So there's a lot of proposed reading orders and there's... Validity to all of them, I think. Uh, especially there's a lot of different plot lines that you could follow. There's the guards, there's the witches, 
There's a bunch of the standalone There's books. our friend's death. Yep. There's all sorts of plot lines that you can follow and sort of threads that can bring you through sets of the books. But there's real merit in just taking the plunge and starting at one and going to 41 in publication order. Because that is, in fact, the chronological order within the universe. And events in every one of those sub-series impact the others. Oh, they really are? They stay in chronological order? Yep. With Asterisk. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure some like things that happen simultaneously are straddling other timelines, but that's cool. There's a, there's a couple of wibbly-wobbly, really... timey-wimey things. <laughs> Pyramids. <laughs> I feel like it also fits well with like the feeling that like as the series developed and changed over time, the world was also developing and changing over time. Yeah, that absolutely is the case. And it's it's gonna be fun to watch uh sort of that that develop. Um because I don't think I've ever read them in order. And that changing of the universe is both true in terms of the uh in terms of the actual events and the chronology of the universe and in terms of the meta that Sir Terry I think his vision kind of changed and grew as he was writing these. And they started out as being, you know, quite enjoyable, funny reads, but kind of just parody fluff. And they really become something deeper fairly quickly and keep evolving from there. And on that note, we do also acknowledge that sometimes, especially in the earlier novels, little themes and pieces haven't aged particularly well. The benefit of the doubt here is that it was, you know, a time and place kind of thing. 1980s is a, a, a long time ago now, um, says the 37-year-old. Having seen his later work, I, I I personally believe, and I think that generally speaking, it's believed that Ter- Sir Terry was a good person. We don't think they were done particularly maliciously, so much as being a product of their time and place. We will touch on them because that's the responsible thing to do as we do this. And if any we feel need content warnings, we'll, we'll highlight that at the beginning of the episode. This isn't a hate read, though. We... Would love it if you would listen, read along with us or listen along with us. Uh, I know there's a lot of very good audio versions. The audiobooks are great. I've actually, most of the ones I've read have been through audiobook. We enjoy these books. We hope you enjoy these books too. For sure. Yes, I'm hoping to enjoy them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Me you too. will. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Otherwise, we're going to make you suffer through all 41 anyway. Yeah, I've signed up for three and a half years of this. Suffer. Suffer. We're just going to, like, Giles core you under a pile of Terry Pratchett books. I, I have I have made a thing here, which uh, once we start releasing, I will be posting pictures of. of as we finish each book in the series, uh, I am going to be, because I'm, I'm primarily buying them on ebook uh, to start off, because it's just easier for taking notes, but... As I as we finish each book in the series, I will be buying a used copy of the book we just finished, and I have a specific shelf picked out for them. Nice. 
I do as well. And I am, I am investing in some very nice Galantz edition covers uh, of these books because they've now committed to publishing all 41 of them in this beautiful hardback edition. Oh, they're and so pretty. I too have a shelf devoted entirely to them. Yeah, they're so pretty. <laughs> My book lust is off the chart. Yeah, I think this series in general is getting at you because aren't there like those pretty folio editions of a couple too? Mm-hmm. Are you are you the folio edition one? I don't have the folio edition ones. I'm not that bad. No, but you're the one who's lusting over them, right? Okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't mixing you up with another member of the One Shot Discord. No, I, I am entirely the one lusting. Well, I, th- I know Jude likes the the folio. Uh, no, but I think you're the one things. who's like specifically the Discworld ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There, there are some nice additions out there. Meanwhile, I've been purchasing the very elderly trade paperbacks so that I can highlight them and write in them and bend the corners and not care. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be able to highlight and write notes, and the best way that I've been doing that recently is ebooks. So I'm I'm also ebooks right now. Occasionally with supplemental audiobooks till me finish. Once once in the future when I stop reading them for this thing and I actually start reading them, I want to I like I want to have them on paper and I have spoilers. We are recording we we are re- we are re-recording this episode zero due to some audio issues. Um there are three books on the shelf now. Uh do we want to talk about like what we like what we like in general when we're reading? The question that I had come up with earlier was like what like fantasy book or series is kind of indicative of your experience with fantasy. I definitely kind of cut my teeth on Tolkien. I read The Hobbit when I was uh, quite young and really enjoyed The Lord of the Rings as well. In recent years, I've definitely become more of a science fiction or science fantasy sort of person. I don't read a ton of, especially high fantasy anymore. Yeah, the first high fantasy series that I really like read over and over and over and over again, not counting Redwall because that's a special case. Redwall is precious. Um, <laughs> was and uh, Redwall is precious. Uh, was David Edding's uh, Belgariad. Um, <sighs> And the the follow on series to that, which is escaping my memory, the Malorian. The Malorian, yeah. I always wanted to read that because my friend gave me the or lent me his copies of the Belgariad books in in high school. He like give me the next one when I finished. <laughs> it's such classic high fantasy bullshit with like you know uh, different different nations having like. Everybody's one thing, you know, like you could so easily Drasnians make a tabletop. Drasnians are all spies. Oh, it totally was somebody's tabletop setting that they just turned into a novel. But the the magic system would just I just really dug it. It was like this this whole concept around the will and the word. It was a good book. It was a good series. Uh, A lot of it hasn't aged very well. So yeah, I I started off really. um, I my my first real cut of fantasy was probably The Hobbit. Um, but when I was growing up, I was a huge fan of the Redwall books. Um, as I grew older, I shifted into a lot of, um, sort of like supernatural fiction, like urban fantasy and the like. I'm actually a 
formerly published author of two urban fantasy books. And um, please don't ask where to find them. Um, oh, rats! I was going to ask. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you the docs offline. I have a specific uh, warm spot in my fic- in my fiction for uh, mysteries. Um, they're sort of my uh, favorite. They're they're my favorite genre that I don't I don't indulge as often as I should. I like good cop stories. It's nothing like a good mystery. My my primary exposure to like people telling me about Discworld was the Guard series. I was gonna say you. I think you're gonna like the guards. I'm I'm. I have had people try to approach me about this over the last couple of weeks. I was I was on a date a couple of weeks ago, and uh, a person was suggesting like, "Oh, hey, okay," if you, and she, and she was a big Discworld fan. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna love," it. and I'm just like, "I I'm I'm sorry. Please give me as vague a thing as you are because I'm trying to preserve a bit here." But yeah, no, I, I I think actually probably my my biggest um my best biggest exposure to Discworld before us has been like through quotes. Of course the famous uh Sam Vine's boots theorem, which is oft shared throughout the internet. It's like and that is sort of like my big exposure to it is like, you know, quotes of the series. And that's the thing where Discworld and Terry have really become so ubiquitous through pop culture and you can get a lot of you can have a lot of Discworld knowledge without ever having read one of the books for sure. So I also was a huge Redwall nerd like middle school I would say that was technically my first fandom but that's a special case and also Harry Potter is a special case but I would say by the way, also huge Harry Potter nerd. Huge Harry Potter nerd. I don't know why I didn't think to mention that. Probably because anybody who knows me knows this. <laughs> kind of indicative of the sort of fantasy that I grew up reading is like Tamara Pierce's books. Uh, I would say A Lot of the Lioness was probably the first time I really got into like fantasy outside of like isolated. Oh yeah, places. I loved those books when I was a kid. Yeah, so like any kind of like YA female lead fantasy is probably my jam still to this day (laughs) in terms of fantasy i read now i realize i actually do read a fair amount of urban fantasy which i guess since we're talking about Discworld, i kind of had high fantasy on the brain but yeah i do read a fair amount of urban fantasy especially sean mcguire's books um I was wondering why you didn't mention Toby Day. (laughs) Yeah, Sean McGuire and Toby Day are absolute treasures, and I would recommend them to everyone. And I also read a fair amount of uh, horror fantasy-ish adjacent things. So I've been also reading through the Laundry Books by Charles Stross. Yeah, do we want to talk about the framework? Yes. Do we? Do we? Okay. Or we could just surprise people. I either works. We get a framework after the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Hang in there. After the first episode, we figure it out better. And broadly, broadly, we do a lot of talking about things like the themes of the books, as well as what we what we liked and didn't like from each of them. 
what didn't hold up so great. And what we think is particularly relevant still today. We will also include various bits where I guess things from future books. Uh huh. <laughs> and I occasionally wreck those. Yeah, stop spoiling things. I know. <laughs> I'm not actually I'm mad, mad at, at you. That. I'm mad at me. I tried to signal you so many times. <laughs> I know. You really did. You did a very good job. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good. While it lasted, it was a good bit. Listen, listen. If there is anything else, we if there's nothing else that we can take from this, I will always find a bit. I'm Anna. I can be found on Twitter at the underscore me and I spelled M-I-A-N-A-A-I. I am Justin. I can be found on Twitter at Justin Hunter. I am Minna. I can be found on Twitter at at Minaminar. That's M-Y-N-A-M-I-N-N-A-R-R. And as a player on the Magpies podcast and also on the Iron Heights podcast. And I am Aaron. I can be found on Twitter at Urizen, uh, X-V-I-I. And as of now, I don't have anything else to share, but I'm working on something cool for 2020. The music for this podcast is sourced from Incompetech. The intro music is Take a Chance. The outro is Fuzzball Parade. Both are by Kevin McLeod, and both are used under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license. The Complete Discography is an independent production by four people who just really like these books. All opinions expressed during the show are our own. All quotes from primary or related works are used under the Fair Use Doctrine and remain copyrighted by their original owners. The rest of it is distributed under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Share it. Please share it. But say where you got it, don't make money off it, and don't change it. Connect with the show on Twitter at atuinpod, which is A-T-U-I-N underscore P-O-D, or email us at atuin.pod at gmail.com. <laughs>